podcast, you know how difficult it is to even get into between realities. Something that can consume one? That's powerful. Right. She's just trying... So she kind of crosses her hands in front of her and thinks for a second. So what's your friend is proposing this creature, when it was yeeted out of this reality, decided to latch on to ours and took the approximations of the echoes from the previous reality and is trying to get rid of them before they can do it again? I guess? Huh. And then she realizes everybody's just kind of looking at her weird. Uh, There's a theory, a magical theory, and a scientific one, that every action we take it branches into another universe where we took a different one. In those, we have echoes of ourselves. There's one, for instance, where you never gave Cass the shard. There's one where Cass willingly bonded with it. There's infinite probabilities and uh, it's astronomical, really. I can't give you a number of how many. But it's theorized you can travel to these realms and you could touch a, a counterpart if you were to say have lost a grandfather in a car accident there's a reality where he still lives and you could have tea with him and her voice grows hoarse a little like she's trying to hold back emotion but you can tell it's not at the idea of a grandfather it's something else but the idea of loss is you know very powerful there for her. But anyways, the theory goes is it's taxing to even attempt the rituals or anything. There's far more stories of them going wrong than right, but if you are able to, theoretically, if you do it right, you could go to any realm you wished. These creatures are powerful enough to swallow reality. I don't see why these travels would be. It would be merely like opening a door for us. They just open the door and walk through it, where we would have to build the key and figure out the tumblers and everything and how it works, if that makes sense. Hess realizes she got on a long nerd info dump and is like... No, no. (laughs) Uh, No, I saw that episode of Doctor Who. It didn't end terribly well for the people involved and also wasn't a very good episode. Nice that Rose did get to see her father at the end, though. Very cute. Well, that all sounds bad. Oh, extremely. Yeah, perhaps um, not great that we've got friends that are wrapped up in that. Pudge reaches down into their bag, pulls out their phone, sees that there's not a message on there, and then uh, pulls out a set of keys. It's not from Hawk. Yeah, no message from Hawk. There is a message from Cole that just says, new phone, who dis? <laughs> We'll set that one aside for the moment, and... He's just sitting over at the bar, snickering, waiting as you watch, like... <laughs> yeah, they open it up, they, they read the message that says, New phone, who dis, and respond to it with your mom, and then send that message, and then, no, not that mom, send that message, and... No, not that uh, mom, the other mom, send that message, and then, no, not that mom, the other other mom, and sends that one. Because apparently that's going to be clever here. Mommy, sorry. (laughs) Mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. (laughs) At any rate. Cole just looks kind of baffled. Like, okay. Mr. Coulson, 
if you and anybody else would like to come along, I believe we have a lead on a place in the woods. You have no idea where in the woods. It was a vague mention. I believe we have, at the very least, a shop that a specific ne'er-do-well may or may not be at who might be able to provide some sort of insight. Because as delicious as this cheese is, I doubt that it will contain any further clues. I'm game. I'll come along. Let me just put Maria back in her spot and give uh, Panini a little bit of food. I'll be ready to go. Mechanics question. How spells work? Do I pick them before session, or can I just pick three to use in session at any time, and then once I use three, I'm out? It didn't make it quite clear, so I'm, like, very confused. I don't play wizards, guys. I play healers. I know the rules of a healer. Is it bleeding? Yes. Put a band-aid on it. Is it not bleeding? Move to the next one. So I think you choose three spells that you can do, and there are ways you can level up to get more spells. Okay. So I already picked my three before we started, so never mind. I was going to yeah. say I could scry, but that's not happening. <laughs> or track. Oh no, it's one specific person. It's I'd have to have an object. Never mind. Doesn't work the way I thought it did. But thinking about it, Hess will look at wind. Wind? Mm-hmm. I don't suppose in that menagerie of yours you happen to have anything that we could possibly scry on where this location in the woods is? Just a thought. Yeah, that is an excellent gear question. Worst comes to worst, we do a little B&E. I am completely bullshitting this bag, so I'm going to assume that there's absolutely nothing of actual use in there. Just spices and random bits of nonsense. Yeah, it's like st- things that you pick up. Okay. Interesting things. My old phone that I gave and to I have, you. And I like a roll of duct tape upgraded. in there. <sighs> it's an LG model. You're not going to get much out of it, but it's an old phone that I gave you when I upgraded. Worth it for the parts. I have the longest run of Bejeweled in Zen mode. You can't fail. It always gives you something, but I've been working on it for years at this point, and so I'm not going to let it go. Thank you, though, for the old phone. I don't. However, um, I do know a place where we could perhaps get something. That is, presuming that everybody here would be okay with some mild breaking and entering. I'm game. I will also say it's like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, so most places are closed. Hence the mild breaking and entering. Yeah. Hess looks a little uncomfortable, then kind of thinks about what she does in her off time, and is like, okay, they, uh, yeah. <laughs> Millie, are you coming along? I'm happy to drive. I know that it's slumming for you a little bit. Oh, well, I hardly mind slumming from time to time. I do wonder, though, Cass, can you get in touch with this friend of yours to get more information for us? If she's seen something like this before, and she could perhaps tell us the thing that we're looking to destroy to save our world, it might help to know what they had to destroy in her world. I can try. The connection's iffy. Is there some sort of, I don't know, antenna or something we can put up to make it easier? I know you tend to have an easier time in the theater sometimes. I could go there and try. It's quiet. It requires a meditation, a sort of 
drowsied state. Okay. Well, it is a little early to sleep, so I suppose maybe we should just go along for some breaking and entering and tire you out pretty nicely, and then we can go back to the theater where it's nice and quiet and cool, and you can take a drowsy not nap and see if you can talk to your friend and get more information for us. Y'all also remember, she told the faction council all about this. Yeah, also that happened. Well, we do need more information. (laughs) And if the council's not stepping in, obviously this is something that we'll just have to do ourselves. It's like we have main character energy. Yeah. Also, for some of you, you know people who went missing. For other people, this is your town. How dare someone fuck with? Yeah, as when she hears drowsy, oh, my apartment's on the way to the theater. We can pick up. I have a lovely blend of chamomile. Some nice lavender. It should put you right in the mood. So, are we agreed? Robbery and then naps? Always up for some Alleged. Where are you robbing? Hawks. We're going to Hawks to break in to see, well, I suppose now if we can find, like, a psychic amplifier, that would be swell. But just to, we're heading to Hawks to try and get a piece of... Break into his shop while the night market's open? I mean, we need something to scry off of him, and... I mean, would I would I have anything in the shop, oh, in my shop of his? We could argue that, like, you borrowed something. Like, there was a tool you needed, like, you just, like, of all the things I don't have, a hammer. Okay, so we're just gonna have to roll this, roll that whole thing back. No, it's a big, it's a big cage. Just an enormous cage. I was moving something, I had to store it, and needed an enormous cage, and fortunately, Hawk just had one lying around, not getting used. You didn't decide to go for the stuffed, the fake stuffed jackalope he has on the wall? Well, what would I need a stuffed jackalope for? I mean, to keep in the cage, maybe? Fair point. He has a real one. Come on. It could just be Winward forgot and then has the moment of, oh, wait. Yeah, it could do. Yeah, if you are interested in doing some scrying, I do actually, I do apologize. I did just recall I have have something of Hawks that uh, may may be of use. And if not, He's got a little place over at the over at the Weird Mart, just a few stalls down. We could check out as well as his standalone shop. Yes, legalities first, then last. Absolutely. That sounds like a good plan. So we're all agreed. Pudge drives us over to her shop and then naps at my place. And maybe a pit stop with some burglary if it becomes a necessity. Yeah? That sounds like a plan. Alright, you're yeah. not going to get in trouble, are you? And she's addressing Kaiju, who's probably like half asleep on her shoulder and just perks up. Which is a maybe. I'm probably gonna have to meet y'all there. <laughs> Before I forget, Millie, here, and just hand you a slip of paper that says menu on it, and then there's some words below. It's just like small time vandalism, scammer embezzler, whatever, and then calls back up to the bar or the the counter and says, can I get some to go? And then gets handed a little tiny to-go order of cooked chicken to feed Panini that's sitting out in his camper. Oh, well, Cole, darling, you know I trust your taste. As you say, dealer's choice. Embezzler it is. 
<laughs> you always get me the sweetest things. Hess just scratches an antler confused for a second and then realizes and it's like, I can't judge. I roam the multiverse. So, I might actually just try and also head to the theater first just to see if I can get things set up a little bit. Are you sure it's wise to be going alone with, I mean, granted we don't know who this or what, or even if this creature is targeting and how it's targeting, wouldn't it be better for us to stick together at this point? You could drop her off at the theater, you know it's pretty well warded and Millie's got people there. Sure. Yeah, the theater has wards, I mean, it's probably one of the safest places. If you don't mind a little bit of a bumpy ride, I can take you over there on the way. And you have your key, of course, Cass, darling. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the safest places in town. I'll, uh, I'll just be outside when you're ready. And Cole heads out. Hess stands up, revealing this kind of, like, slouching figure is actually 5'10", puts her bag on, and then, if you notice, you look at her converse, and it's these kind of bipedal wolf toes sticking out with very sharp claws and you swear they were normal just a second ago. Uh, oh, I forgot I put these on. Sorry. I was trying to test out the walkability for a con. You know how it is with costume feet. You want to make sure it's comfortable after a while. It's no fun to walk around at cons like this. Of course, of course. Costume feet. Obviously. Well, shall we? And gestures towards the door. Whoever ends up coming out first, you will see Cole sitting in the driver's seat of his now ready-to-go 1978 Toyota Dolphin, and up top above the cabin, on the little like bed above there, is a three-legged cat eating a tiny bowl of chicken. Did we establish that Kaiju has met Panini? Maybe through a window, but yeah. Yeah. So, I think at this point Kaiju, like, jumps off of has his shoulder, and little dragon wings spread and flap over and goes to sit, and kind of like peers at the food, looks up at Panini, peers at the food, looks up at Panini. <laughs> Sitting on the hood of the car looking through the window. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so cold, there's a baby fox dragon sitting on your car? That's totally normal for me at this point. I'm used to whatever you guys throw at me. It, it was always strange, but now it's it is what it is. Kaiju, I will. I already fed you. Get over here. Yeah. Which is, you don't need to translate a no. Hess just stomps over angrily, picks up, grumbling, kneeling, protests, and shoves back in the bag. Walks over to Wynn's car. <laughs> Hess also has a backpack. I didn't mention this before, but she slings it and hops in with uh, with Cole. And Millie has already claimed the uh, shotgun seat. Is your car here? Me? I didn't drive. I mean, I I do drive, but my car's very flashy and I don't want it getting dusty. You understand. I was going to riff on that because your car is ostentatious, but we'll get to that later. That's a little teaser, a little teaser for the audience. Yeah. Mm. I was going to say, Hess walks over to this very beat up Honda Civic with like a the rear view mirror is kind of like hanging halfway off, make sure it's locked, and then goes and scrunches in the back seat of Wynn's car. <laughs> Her character sheet says a very crappy car, so 
<laughs> all right. Are we all seat belted? In that case, we shall begin and off to a scene change. All right. So we left off with Cole was going to drop Cass off at the theater so she could go get stuff set up and uh, Wind was going with Hess and Millie to see if perhaps we can do a scrying or tracking thing with the giant cage. Cass is probably going to get a little bit peeved because I'm totally stopping at like the Conoco on the way to get a slush. It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not prioritizing dropping her off. I'm I'm getting my slush first. Is that the local regional gas station there? What is it in Tennessee where you would get a slushy? I don't know what, like what their what their regionals would be. I just went with kind of a national Conoco or a Shell or something like that. It's better than what we got here. We got come and go. You stopped at the Waggles. You guys want to go to the come and go? The Waggle? Cool. Waggles. For the record, I got a I got a cherry slush. It's the only flavor. Unless they have Coca-Cola. Then you mix them together. Exactly. Defiled. <laughs> a lot of food opinions on this episode. I will die on this slushy hill. This is just a food-focused podcast. It's just, it's a thing. I was gonna say, Brie and I can say as the majority on this slushy opinion, Sean the non-believer. Before I go in, though, <laughs> I, I definitely ask, hey, Cash, you want anything? I'm going in here. You good? Slush? Jerky? Yeah, blue raspberry. Alright, cool. And then I come back with just a cherry and blue raspberry slush. Nice. And then you head on to the theater. And so are you gonna, like, go in with her to the theater? I'm assuming some, like, Millie's group of people are in there because they stay there. I'm definitely... I'm definitely popping in because I, I've been in there, but I haven't really like explored very much because it's always kind of been handing of paper notes and various goods, the exchanges and whatnot. But I've not really had much time to see behind the curtains, if you will. So I'm definitely going in. Lots of rug deliveries. Yeah, sure. Are Millie's people like in the theater? Or are they in their little like apartments? This time of day, they're probably in their apartments. There might be, like, one or two in an office area. Question for Maria. How many people does Millie have with- did Millie take with her? Like, how many people of her people would be there? So there's two families that live with her. There's her choreographer, and she has, uh, twin boys. And then her handyman and his husband. So, grand total of Five? Five? Yeah, Three adults, five. two kids? I can count. Yes. Yeah, so there, there's like a couple of people in there, but it's a big theater. They're probably not in like the main area or anything like that. The kids are probably in the room with their mom. The handyman might be working on something, but it's probably also in his room. So I'm gonna pop in to wherever the handyman is. The handyman's name is, is Liam, by the way. I'm absolutely trying to crack open every door and get a peek in every door I pass, following along with Cass. I'm sure you can see a spot or two of charring that still needs to be painted over. 
Is Liam working on the charring? Is that what he's doing? Yeah, I think uh, Liam Liam does a lot of sanding and painting during his free time. He's done some reupholstering. He's just sort of a very general handyman. You catch him when he's finishing up reupholstering a chair and he looks up. Oh, hey guys, what's going on? I'm going to be using the theater to do like a vision session to try and figure out some future stuff. So I'll be like setting that up in a minute. Is that cool? You said that there were there were twins there, right? Yes. How old? They are school aged, like six or seven ish. Probably getting kind of close to their bedtime. Yeah, for sure. If Cole ever ran into them, he would just kind of like wave and do a dumb, silly face. He's not huge on kids, but he has been around enough of them. He's goofy and it's whatever. Kids aren't your favorite, but you know how to deal with kids. Yes. Yeah. You know how to handle kids. I was one once. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, um, I'm gonna be heading back to my apartment, but you just give, a sh- give us a shout if you need anything. Will do. This is like the most pleasant you've ever seen Cass, Cole. <laughs> Cass has nothing against the millets. She thinks they're cool. I love that that's what you call them. I'll take it. I'm into that. I imagine they're into it, too. <laughs> they don't have names. They're just referred to as the millets. <laughs> I'm millet number three. Millet number five. Millie and the Millets. And Millet <laughs> Jr. And the other Jr. <laughs> They're ah, thing one and thing two. So good. Might have done. <laughs> Very fair. Yeah. They have that energy. The past you take the familiar path to the theater. I'm assuming you're going to the stage, Cole. Or are you going to keep following or what are you doing? Oh, I'm absolutely going to the stage and just going to stand on the front and dream. <laughs> just kind of get lost for a minute or two. Just, like, just imagining. Picture yourself sitting on that stage just as you've always dreamed. No pants. <laughs> is, there, exactly. <laughs> is there a set currently on stage? There's maybe like a couple of different flats left over from an exhibit we were doing where we were like explaining flats to the children who had come through, but we don't have an active performance going or anything right now. What were the flats from? There's one that's very wooded. It's probably from Into the Woods. And there's one that looks like some sort of house or something that's just a very generic, you know, when you need a house. Perfect. I'm going to go into the in and see if there's like a um a little side area or something i was just gonna go uh like backstage and find like like a chair that used to be a set chair but the bottom is kind of falling through it every theater i've ever been in has a chair like this i know we have at least two in the theater that i uh (laughs) i do acting at (laughs) oh absolutely (laughs) but the bottom's kind of falling out of it so you kind of like sink into it like and I'm gonna go like sit in that chair backstage and like meditate I guess is there a role or anything for interacting with your person that is an 
Excellent question. As I proceed to scroll right on. Uh, you have your benefactor, a powerful NPC whose fate is intertwined. When you go to your benefactor for help or resources, roll with your status. On a hit, they get you what you need, provided you offer prophetic insight into a problem they have right now. On a 10 plus, the support they give is abnormally useful. On a miss, they reveal you overlooked something that greatly injured their status. Uh, they are determined to remind you of their power over you before they even consider your request. One question about the theater. The audio here, is it digital with a soundtrack or is there actual like performing musicians? that uh, have like a little bandstand at the front of the stage. There is a pit, so you can have like a full orchestra. I was going to say it depends on what type of theater. So it is set up so that you can have an orchestra, but the pit is also wired so that they can pipe music in if they want to. Are there any instruments left in there? Probably not. Probably most musicians bring their own. Not even a piano? Like a house piano? There's actually an organ, yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Cole is definitely bored of waiting for Cass and has made himself at home and is tinkering on this organ, just having fun in the empty auditorium. Cass, you can probably hear bits of notes as Cole is messing around with the organ as you're attempting to concentrate. Very much distracting. Just motivation music, it's all it is. You made that roll. It's a very off-key Eye of the Tiger. My brain immediately went to the phantom theme. (laughs) It starts as the phantom theme, and then it, like, crosses over to Eye of the Tiger somehow. He starts by, like, just trying to pack it out, but, you know, it's it's, it's organ, it's very complicated, can't get the full sound, so, like, you get to one riff, and you're just, like, you screw it up in exactly the right way to just segue directly into Eye of the Tiger. Start flipping stops around, so all of a sudden it's like a little flute organ. You're playing away, you hit a button, and now it's just like a random, like, trap kit's going off in the background. It's like, <laughs> oh, wait, nope, which one was that? Hey, Survivor, could you cut it out? He's having the time of his life. Organs are rule. Didn't you have somewhere to be? Sorry, sorry. He stops playing, kind of like walks, walks away. I thought you were coming with. No, I was just going to stay here and wait for everyone else to pick up whatever the heck they were going to pick up. Oh, right. Well, enjoy the slushy. And he just takes off, gets back in his... Gets back off in his dolphin and, and drives. Okay, I'll pay you back for it. No need. <laughs> drives out. So, as you try once again to concentrate, give me that roll. <laughs> What is my power stat? How much status do you start with within, like, your faction? Starting status, mortality zero, night zero, power one, wild zero. Okay, so you have, uh, it's plus one. Plus one. Seven! On a hit, they get you what you need, provided you offer prophetic insight to a problem there. Okay. So, it takes you a second of concentrating before you feel a very familiar presence kind of standing beside you and you're saying so how'd it go (sighs) how do you think it went they're morons and they might be in on it so that's cool oh it's it's not good between that and how long has things been here 
you're gonna need to ask fast. Do you know anyone that can maybe help you? Well, I ran into some people at the pizza parlor. They seem at least willing to help with some of it. That's good. Hopefully they'll be willing enough to stick through to the end, because I don't think you're gonna have much time left at this rate. Maybe a couple of days before it hits the point where it's strong enough to stay? That's bad. I've seen other places starting to fall and I... You're gonna need to act fast and be careful. Make sure it doesn't get anywhere near you. I, I don't know if I can help. I'll stick near warded places. Do you think that'll help? I, I don't no, we don't have magic here like they do there, but I hope so. Well, where I am is warded right now. Maybe that's a bad thing that I can talk to you here. Well, I don't know if it's exactly... I don't know if people know how to ward against an extra planar astral projection or whatever it is I'm doing. Hmm. Hmm. Have you been able to find out anything about where he's staying or where the others have di- where the people have disappeared to? So they were saying Darren and Hawk went out to the woods. I guess he had someplace out there. I think that's where Darren went, but I don't know if they're still there. That makes sense. I think the the hawk here had a cabin in the woods. I don't know where it is, but I can try and find that out for you. I think the others are trying to pick up something that will scry and see if they can find a location. That could help. Maybe they can give you more information. Maybe they would have seen whatever it is that's keeping him here. Did you see what it was that was keeping yours there? I never saw it, but apparently it was like this flat disc-like object. Fortunately, most of the notes that were taken about it ended up either being destroyed or taken by multi, but I'll see what information I can find. I was hoping the people in charge would be willing to help you with this. I should have known it was pointless. I thought... That's why I brought Roz into it. Maybe they'd listen to her, even if they didn't listen to me, but she's vanished too. So, I wish there was more I could do. I hope your friends are able to help. And as I say that, we'll pan over to the hopefully not the <laughs> E team as you arrive. Winward, where are you going? We are going out to the Oak Ridge Mall. The Oak Ridge Mall is largely abandoned, as is the case of most malls, circa 20, going back to say like the late aughts, uh, is when kind of the modern American mall started dying. So in real life, the Oak Ridge Mall was bought out by another company and, and converted in 2016, and that failed to really gain any tra- traction. However, in a slightly, in a, in a variation on that theme, uh, roundabouts 2015, the Oak Ridge Mall was purchased by 
a very well-dressed woman and her three partners, a term uh, loosely used. And while, by and large, one would say that uh, the traffic has been slow, it's been doing a little bit of a tidy business. So what we actually see is this uh, red Subaru Outback kind of pulling around the back of a Walmart. We park in the employee parking lot. The three of us get out and we actually go in through the kind of the, the tire service and, uh, and little shop that they've got attached. Go into the automotive department, down one aisle, back up another aisle, and uh, down a third aisle, and then continuing straight around a corner that doesn't look like it should be there, down a little bit of a hallway, and then directly in front of us is uh, one of those glass double doors that you see going into malls, and on it is a sign that says, in very big, bold letters, actions held to necessitate memory modification will result in a $300 fine. Repeat offenses will result in indefinite suspension from the, capital T, on the Night Market TM at Oak Ridge Mall. And then below that is actually stuck to the doors themselves, the logo for the Night Market TM Omnipresent at Oak Ridge Mall, written in uh, sort of a script underneath. Obviously, this is a place that we're all familiar with, so I think Pudge just kind of pushes. And probably a sticky note that just says Weird Mart. (laughs) Sticky note that says Weird Mart? So actually, it is an act of vandalism. They've tried to take it down. It drives Trisha, the, the woman who owns the place, drives her up the goddamn wall because it, this is a branding exercise. It is the capital T on the night market. Gotta make sure you've got the trademark. At Oak Ridge Mall, we are going to franchise, is what she says. And everybody around here insists on calling it the Weird Mart. So while the sticky note flutters a little bit as the door is opened, it does not fall off, and it hasn't come off in the last six years they've tried. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we head on in. To be clear, this is Wynn's doing, right? No, no, of course not. No, this <laughs> is this is one of the teens that frequents the mall. Never mind that they got the uh, Sovereign mm. Sticky Notes from Windward's shop. It's still going in the note, courtesy of Wind. The end. <laughs> supposed to know what they were gonna do she's not a mind reader i just i I just sell things i am but a simple proprietor of this of this mall so yeah we head in it is kind of poorly lit especially because it's getting to be like what season are we in like in december going into fall into fall so it's at by seven eight o'clock it's already kind of getting dim out there's a lot of skylights there are also trees that are growing in the middle of the mall Walking through, we see one of the twins, the twins being the omnipresent, gaunt, and very old-looking security guards. We see one of them leaning up against a a pillar, watching for skullduggery, and then a little bit further on, we see the other twin in a janitorial uniform sweeping up, and then uh, further on down, we see the other twin again, again in a security uniform, making the rounds as per the usual. There's a, over at Big Dog Fitness, there's a Zumba class going on, but it's like fire dancing Zumba. Absolutely wild stuff going on over there. And yeah, so we just sort of make our way through this semi-abandoned mall and over to Drunk Drawer. Uh, to Junk Drawer is one of those mall shop entrances. 
that will, um, once the shop is closed, they'll have like a metal grate that pulls down. It's just open at this point, even though Windward's not there. And yeah, Wendy just walks on in, and you get inside, and it does just look like it has to be bigger on the inside and more cluttered, and off to the, like, the counter that you would check off at is on your right, and then off to the left are just aisles that seem to disappear into nowhere. And yeah, Windward comes in and says, calls out, Kyle, Laron, I'm back. Has anybody stopped by for me? And there's a skittering of claws on linoleum, and just sort of emerging from one of the one of the aisles is an enormous bunny. It's a little bit bigger than like a Boston Terrier, but smaller than a bulldog. Gray fur, very floppy ears. As this rabbit just sort of hops his way up to the front counter, onto up like a set of three steps and then just, like, flops down on the counter. Winward goes over to it and says, Thank you for watching the shop, Laron, and scratches Laron behind the ears. Did, uh, did Kyle stop by? I think he was supposed to be. I thought that he was supposed to be minding the shop tonight. And Laron just kind of looks at him. Shakes its head, the ears flop around. Well, that's just Kyle all over, isn't it? Well, I think we're just picking up for the evening. I suppose we might just close. Did you perhaps want to get out a little bit tonight? Sort of see the town? We could call it an early evening. He shakes his head. He's very excited about that. Wonderful. Well, in that case, do you you wouldn't happen to remember where we stowed that very, very large cage that we borrowed from Mr. Hawk, would you? Cocks his head and thinks a minute gives it a brief nod, starts hopping off down an aisle. After a couple hops, it stops, sits up and looks back at you. And waves with a paw. Right this way. It is, as I said, rather large. It may take a couple of us to move it. And then Windward starts following the rabbit down the aisle. I love it. I think at this point, Kaiju, because Hesed put him back in her bag, peeks his head out, sees Laron, skitters out down her like ow close close ow 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 close and like scuttles over to the ron and like tries to nuzzle up and say hi even though they should be mortal enemies but he likes the ron the ron is very excited and i imagine there's like a brief bout of them like play fighting in the aisle before the ron realizes like wait so super stop shakes his head no no you're I think, I think uh, Windward kind of waves Laron off and says, no, if it's down this way, we'll be able to find it. It's, it's usually a pretty straight line, and we find what we need eventually. You two go have fun. If a rabbit could smile, that rabbit smiles and then immediately tackles Kaiju. Kaiju, do not breathe fire again. I don't have the money this month to fix Windshop. I would appreciate that. Thank you, Kaiju, for containing your fire breath. And... I think Windward grabs a lantern off of a shelf. And then as they're carrying the lantern, as you're moving on, like the overhead lights will actually turn on as we're moving out into the bowels of the shop. Which is much larger than it should be. But eventually you are able to find the giant animal cage. I was going to say, speaking as the magic person of the group, does this place just feel like magic upon magic, like almost sensory overload? (laughs) 
I feel like in a shop with a bunch of magic, you have some kind of dampening on it, so to keep everything calm, maybe? Okay, that's fair. You can sense it, but it's more of like, it's like very kind of faint. Not like walking into like a bath and body works or like smells like there. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So it's just like, oh, the smell of fireball. Ah, yes, it is time for <laughs> good berry season. It's the... Yeah. This is a place that is meant to be this magical. So it's like, there's that latent metaphysical dampening effect of something being within its proper place in its proper scope. I think Winward's actually explained this to you uh, as sort of an extra or yeah, extra real effect of, you know, naturality. Now, if you ever come in here, what you'll probably actually smell, and I did actually have a, uh, I had a colleague once whose shop actually had a dearth of magical objects in it, just absolutely refused to carry any artifacts. And uh, to my nose, the place smelled absolutely awful. The wrongness of it, the strangeness, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. I think perhaps if I were to ever move, I might give it a shot myself. It's very exciting, a real thrill to be in a place that is that wrong. So this cage was within the possession of our friend, Mr. Hawk, for quite some time. Does it seem like the sort of thing that would be valuable for your scrying needs? Would it be scrying or tracking? Because I think you said you didn't have scrying, but... I thought scrying was tracking. I was thinking in other systems Mm -hmm. terms, but tracking would be the equivalent of scrying in this system because it says, spend one hold to learn the location of a specific person. You must have a personal object that belongs to the target, i.e. the cage in this case, or recent leavings of their body, a lock of hair, fingernail clippings, their blood, etc. Okay. Which, if he's disappeared, kind of hard to get. Unless we go to, like, a bank or something. But even then, I don't think it would count because it's been preserved. It's a credit union. It's different. (laughs) I was talking, like, a blood bank or a... Anyways. Yes, no, it's a blood credit union. It's different. There's... it's about profit, and I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm sure Millie enjoys going there when she's hungry. <laughs> oh no, Millie has delivery. So, I think you could use the cage. Okay. So, question on this. For magic, it says... Channeling... When you channel and collect your magic, roll with spirit. On a 10+, plus, hold 3, which, from how I understood, is 3 spell slots. 7 to 9, I hold 3, but I choose a penalty below, which is a minus 1 to all rolls until I rest, suffer 1 harm, or mark corruption, and then on a miss, hold 1. But it also says your hold lasts until the you spend it or the scene ends. So I, I can re-roll every scene, then it sounds like, if I'm reading correctly. I think with the 3, it could be like for spell slots, or you could add the three to your cast. Okay, so I can make it potentially more potent if I wanted. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Mm, how does the actual casting work? Oh yeah, it says in the description, you spend one hole to learn the location. I'm genius. Yeah. It's okay, I just wanted to make sure I was understanding this right, so I have to gather my magic first. Okay. So... Hess kind of just reaches under her shirt and grabs a necklace that you can't see and just this kind of faint 
blue almost auroras borealis energy kind of swirls around her as she gathers her magic so i'm gonna roll it oh that's a 14. <laughs> so i don't botch thankfully it's been really hot tonight uh, this dice roller likes me with how high the roll is i'm gonna say like as you're channeling you're thinking about the spell you're about to cast and you don't even have to go through the casting it just clicks and goes and so is it like you know where it is or you can like see where it is so from my understanding to learn the location of a specific person now assuming there's multiverse shenanigans going on I will leave that up to you how you want to determine that where I see Hawk since you rolled high enough you do see but everything you see is dark Okay. You know where they are. You Well, you, you know where he is. And it okay. seems to be somewhere out in the woods. Do I get, like, a specific location in the woods or just woods? It's, it's like, a specific location. You know how... You couldn't really maybe exactly tell someone how to get there, but you could find it. No problem. Okay. So I think you see her eyes kind of shimmer, like, the northern lights for a minute as this, like metaphysical connection happens and then she kind of pulls her hand away okay that was ooh and there's still like kind of little sparks of the northern lights like flickering off her I know okay I know where he is it's the woods but I don't I can't explain how to get if we get to the woods I can get us to him because like it's a spot in the woods so you can't really like give directions to it it's not like turn left here left here right here it's just like you have a homing beacon on that location. You know. You could probably, like, point to it right now, and that wouldn't be particularly helpful, but... I think for flavor, this ethereal divining rod is kind of, like, connected at a wrist by the tether, and it's kind of, like, pointing in the direction. She's like, if full of this, it will it will show us. Because she can't really give directions, but the magic can show them where, they, where to go. <laughs> oh, well, that's remarkably easy. And I'll say you're able to remember and, like, hold on to that knowledge of where it is. Okay. Because that was a really good roll. Well, that will probably never happen again. Well, I wouldn't jinx it. Excellent, excellent work. This is, that's, that's wonderful. Marvelous. The visual effect, is it like a, is it a material, is the divining rod like a material component that you're using or is it, sorry, I should say this in character. Is that a material component that you expended in the spell, or is this ethereal? No, this is... She kind of shakes it, and, like, it moves through things. Oh. It's ethereal. I've honestly never had this happen before, to be honest. I don't know if this is good or bad. Fascinating. No, um, I would say that it's a very good thing, because now it's pointing us directly to it. That's lovely. And the effect of your spells, I must say, the colors are... Spectacular, very you, um, and just very, very pretty. Thumbs up, because she doesn't know what to say, and she's like turning bright red. And at that moment, you Aww. swear you think the antlers disappear, but they can't have disappeared, right? And instead, she now has these like witcher cat-like eyes. Mm-hmm. But that she wasn't. She was totally wearing those contacts before, wasn't she? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, got lost in your eyes for a second there. Well. Uh, did you perhaps see any anything in addition to um, to the location? Anything about it? About the condition of our uh, our quarry at this point? He's not dead. You got that feeling. Alive. 
definitely alive. I can't tell if he's hurt or not. Um, it was just basically really dark wherever they were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In a dark place, both literally and metaphorically. Spiritually very dark? Spiritually very dark. So, despaired. Okay. Also physically dark, so underground, possibly? If this place has a shelter, I will have to... F- she just kind of tugs her wrist for the divining rod is hanging. Again, once it'll make sense once we get there. Now, it's it's no, no disaster if you don't have an answer to this, but it is also very important to me. Did you perhaps feel the presence of my box of buttons? I know about the box of buttons, right? Uh, for sure. I've heard yeah. this story with how often I come in for spell supplies. You rolled two sixes on that, right? Yeah, I can take. I can show you the screenshot if you want. <laughs> Though I believe you. As he says that, you remember, like, you kind of felt like there was, like, a box or something digging into your side. It was weird. I was kind of in his body a little bit, and it felt... Oh, I wasn't in his body, but I was in the room. There was a box digging into the side. I don't know if it was your box of buttons, though. Could have been a crate. Hmm, could have been a crate. Hmm, hmm. Well, did it feel... Uh, did, when it was prodding you, did it feel more like a, like plywood or more like mahogany? They've got a very different feeling as they're really kind of jabbing into you. You know what? This is beside the point. We should probably get going. <laughs> when I do not have that vast experience that you have with um, the different types of wood and their uses and how they can be used in different scenarios. Let's just go find the person, please. Should we perhaps stop to pick up Cass and Cole? Yes. That would be a good plan. (laughs) Then to the theater. Yes. Uh, Wind, would you terribly mind if I left Kaiju here and then I pick him up after? Oh, no, of course I'm just going to be, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we can, Laron can, can make sure that Kaiju, uh, is well taken care of. No guarantee that they're going to be staying here. I do know Laron likes to take his evenings out, but I'm sure that the two of them will be, will be just fine. We know they get along famously. Like house on fire. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they get on like a house on fire. I just heard Hess groan in my head, but Fennec's like, oh yes, bring the chaos. <laughs> Laron, if you could watch, is it a fairy dragon? It's a fox dragon. It's a fox dragon? A fox dragon, it's a com- uh, it's a thing, he's from another realm, it's of course, just of course. a whole thing. I'll mm-hmm. explain in the car. He is royalty, so do try not to get him killed because it could mean a mm-hmm. war with the royal family and that uh-huh. would be disastrous. Hmm, okay. Laron, if you wouldn't mind keeping an eye on Kaiju Forest tonight, I know probably you wanted to get out and do some fishing. Just keep him close. Make sure he doesn't stay. He doesn't get into the water. Um, don't know if he can swim, but you know, take it easy and I will see you in the morning. He just nods and they scamper off. As we're leaving, Pudge gets the, the grate that covers the door, uh, pulls it to about halfway and then sticks uh, sticks their head into the shop next door. It's called Nuke City Games. It's a game shop. I think there's like a little table of, of folks playing D&D in the background, or like in, in one corner of the shop. And Pudge says, It Queenie! And uh, one of the players uh, sort of stands up, and Pudge throws, throws her the keys and says, I'm stepping out for the night. If you don't mind locking up the 
locking up the, the grating, and you all have a lovely night. Sure thing. And she quickly, like, she catches the keys and goes back to her game. <laughs> Are you winning? You just hear a shout of joy as she just critted an attack. That sounds like a natural 20. I think they're doing quite well. Good. And you all load up into the car, and we will... We will briefly go back to Cass as she's finishing up her conversation with Lily. And I was like, you really, really need to be careful. This thing is, I don't even know how to begin the, what, what's that? And she just vanishes. Lily? You just feel that she's gone. Lily? And then you get the sense of something very, very wrong. And about 15 minutes later, Millie gets a text from one of her people saying that they found Cass dead on the stage. Like she'd been strangled and there was no sign of anyone else. Bye. Tempest Multi is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is an actual play podcast using Urban Shadows 2E Quick Start Guide, and it's set once again in the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I am your keeper and producer. Hello, everyone. It's Casey again. I'll be playing Cass Pravda, the Oracle Playbook. My name is Zadkiel, or just Zad. In this game, I am going to be playing Windward Pudge, and they are using the Imp Playbook. Hi there, I'm Maria Perry. I'm playing Millie Elza, your local vampy vampire. I am Blaze, and I'll be playing Jason Madison Coleman, the Aware. Sup, y'all? I'm Fennec Foxfire. I will be playing Hess, playing from the Book of the Wizard. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me. As I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, but brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks.